morning's message is biblical beauty. Biblical beauty. It's a message the Lord has laid on my heart now for several years, to be honest with you, and uh, we'll see as we'll develop it, some truths. But let's read first, 1 Peter chapter number 3. 1 Peter chapter number 3, verses 3 and following. In fact, let's just pick up verse 1, kind of help us to get context. And uh, likewise, ye wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may, without the word, be won by the conversation of the wives. Verse 2, while they behold your chaste conversation, your pure conversation, your pure living, coupled with fear. Verse 3, whose adorning... Let it not be that outward adorning of plating of hair and of wearing of gold and of putting on of apparel, but let it be the hidden man of the heart and that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. For after this manner in the old times, the holy women also who, who trusted in God adorned themselves being in subjection unto their own husbands. Now, as I think about this passage, it, it brings to light and, and, and kind of sheds a spotlight on the reality that there's a great struggle occurring w- within the hearts and souls and even our spirit of our young people today, r- really of all uh, adults. Uh, we face great pressure, not just in our seriousness or our commitment to living for God and pursuing God, but the reality is this, that we are bombarded constantly with many, many counterfeits. What do we mean by that? Well, the good things that God gives us, and he gives us so many good things, the good things that God gives us, the Satan and the world love to produce counterfeits of these things so that the children of God's hearts are taken away from what he offers in command. May I remind you of certainly something that you know. Satan loves deception. He, he started in the Garden of Eden. It, it, it's flown throughout the years. You and I, certainly the devil has come knocking this week, and he's tried to deceive us. He's tried to get us to go after some counterfeit, uh, something that would take the place of what God wants. He, he loves to deceive by influencing our thinking about things that God has created. Okay? Change our thinking about how God created something, how, what God instituted, what God established, and what he's established. And we can certainly think of gender and marriage and these kinds of things. And also things that God, by reason of right of the creator, should be able to define and describe. Now, one of these counterfeits, and I think it hits. Young people, I'm, I'm really speaking to you today. Young ladies, especially young men, especially, but, but really all of us. Uh, but teenagers and college age, would you listen carefully to the message this morning? Because the Lord has laid it on my heart tremendously now for several years to, to preach this message. And the timing's right. Okay. One of these areas in which God has defined something and Satan has come and offered a counterfeit, now listen to me, is the definition of beauty. The definition of beauty. What is beauty? What is beautiful? What does it look like? It has been under attack for decades, and yet in the recent decades, I think we've seen that attack intensify and only get worse. And men, can I speak to you right now for just a moment? Would you, ladies, you can plug your ears or something for the moment. Men, can I just encourage you? Uh, most of you could never enter into the mind of a woman. <laughs> Enough said, we can just go on now. No, <laughs> hey, listen to me. We don't know what our wives and our daughters and Christian ladies face 
when they have to come face to face and be confronted with what the world defines as beauty. The standard that is put there. And so this morning, I want you and I, as husbands, as fathers, as brothers, whatever the case may be, let's make sure that we are supporting and encouraging the ladies in our life, the Christian ladies in this area. Let's make sure you and I have a good definition. What is biblical duty or beauty, excuse me? And then, ladies, I talk to you now. Would you just be encouraged in what is true beauty? Not as the world defines it. But it's what God defines it. We'll speak much of it today, and I trust it will be encouraging. But you want to know what a lady faces, men? Here's what one lady journalist described it as. And I quote her because she's a lady and I'm not. This is what she said. Beauty. At the mention of this word, most girls are inclined to take a quick look in a compact mirror or run a few fingers through their hair, sizing themselves up with the nearest advertisement featuring a flawless bottle blonde. Some may go a bit further, running an endless list of insecurities through their minds and letting out an exasperated sigh. Every girl has done it at least once in her lifetime. But it isn't her fault when we've been taught to compare themselves to others for most of their lives. There are signs everywhere on every corner flashing the words that you aren't beautiful enough to every teenage girl in America. For years, the world of media has been working hard to construct the ideal image of what a perfect woman is supposed to look like. You and I know it well. Magazines, movies, and commercials, among other outlets, have spoon-fed girls with the idea that they can only be beautiful if they have long legs, great hair, and curves in all the right places. According to modern-day society, girls should walk and talk pretty, have perfect skin, take on the makeup, they should watch their weight, and they should keep up with the newest trends in fashion. This is a lady journalist, not saved. Who's saying, listen, this is the pressure. This is the expectation that women of all ages are having to face and so forth. And there's another article that reported about a study that was done and talking about the impact of this, this secular definition of beauty and the impact on young girls at a young age. And here's what the article shared about this study. It said this, in the, the Journal of Youth and Adolescence, Marika Tigeman and Haley Daunt conducted a study and survey around April 2006. A sample of 128 girls were recruited from the first four years of formal schooling. Individual interviews were conducted to evaluate the facets of body image as well as dieting awareness by means of a brief scenario. A number of sources of peer and media influence were examined. It was found that by the age six, um, uh, six years of age, excuse me, a large number of girls already desired a thinner ideal figure According to Daunton Tigman, girls' perception, I think this is insightful, about peer pressure, about friends. Girls' perception of their peers' body dissatisfaction predicted their own level of body dissatisfaction. Daunton Tigman state, girls who looked at magazines hoped to grow up looking similar to the woman who, the women, excuse me, who appear in these appearance-focused magazines. 
The study highlights the girls aged five to eight years of age are already living in a culture in which both peers and the media influence body image. Every day, many women are attacked with the media's idea of the perfect body. And I don't know, but women, that might be a great time to say amen. You're bombarded. This is pressure. You're growing up in it. You're living in it, ma'am. It's unfair. It's unrealistic. This is the pressure. We're raising our daughters. We're rearing our daughters in this, our, our granddaughters, and they're growing up in this. My goodness, that is a lot of pressure for ladies to feel growing up in our current culture. See, it's a current cultural definition of beauty with which young ladies and even young men, young men are bombarded frequently. And if we're not careful, what happens is because we live in this world, and God said live in it, but don't be of it, but the problem is the being of it means sometimes you and I, we actually start subscribing to the definition the world puts on something. We start living by that. We start evaluating, assessing our own selves and others around us by how the world defines something. If we're not careful, we will adopt the world's definition of beauty instead of God's definition of biblical beauty. And my friend, may I just tell you, may I shout it from the rooftops. There is great danger in the world's definition of beauty. There's a great danger as even this study and many others have pointed out. So let's talk about it real quick. Number one, I want you to see the world's assessment of beauty is to look to the impossible. To look to the impossible. What do we mean by that? Well, number one, it's simple as this. It's an impossible standard the world puts forth that no one can achieve. It isn't real. It isn't natural. It, it isn't what God created. I'm thankful this morning that every human being is wonderfully, uniquely, lovingly created by our Creator. And what is depicted as beauty and within this world does not reflect the prerogative of a Creator that created each person uniquely, differently from each other, and special. Can I just tell you the world has produced, and certainly Satan behind it, has produced a counterfeit for what beauty is. And it is an impossible impossible standard to achieve now that's easy to say but sometimes it's hard for you and i to to put it into picture and so i got a video i want to show you we'll talk about it here afterwards i'll share a little bit but i want to show this video to you because it depicts well what the world's beauty is and the impossibility for women to achieve it okay let's watch the video we'll try to get lights here and if you want to play that would be great And that is impossible. Isn't it? I mean, just think about it. Hey, look, here's the picture. Before, after. 
I wish I looked like this after my time in the, in the bathroom this morning. I wish that's the change that took place. But I didn't have 28 hours, an entourage of people to do makeup and hair, a computer specialist. I would love every video we put here for Fostoria Baptist. Let's fix Pastor Henry. That would be wonderful. Let's nip and tuck there. Impossible! And what I found amazing in this video, did you see the two girls walking by the billboard? At the end, they glance up. You know what's embedded in their mind because of Hollywood and magazines and everything else? I've got to look like that. And my friend, that is an impossible achievement. It's a lie from the devil. It really is. And every young man walks by, maybe says, hey, I'll marry somebody like that. A computer-generated picture of some lady. Wonderful. That's a great thing that we hold up here and say, ah, that's it. No, that is not God's definition of beauty. And we as man, we've put forth a counterfeit. We've stuck this out there and we've, we've made it unattainable, impossible for us to do that. The reality is this, number two, I, it is impossible to maintain for any period of time. Could you imagine this? They spent so much time on this so-called model. What happens when she takes a bath or shower? It's all gone. And then she has to start it all over again every day. She has no computer daily to nip and tuck every picture and every marriage or every image, excuse me. She can't maintain the look. She doesn't have an entourage of makeup artists and hairstylists, nor does she have the four to eight hours that that took. Every morning when she wakes up, there's no way to replicate that. It's impossible to her, and it's impossible to maintain. Can I go back? Can I just tell you right now? That is what the lady looks like. That is how God created her. This is impossible to attain and impossible to maintain. And so the devil, the world would have you and I to believe that that's that's what we must pursue. Ladies, this is what you must pursue. And so what happens? Well, think about it. The reality is not only does she have all those things, but don't our bodies change in just a number of days, let alone weeks and years, months? The pressure to maintain that? You get older? I mean, it's, it's crazy. So what happens in our world? People extend or expend endless energy. They spend fortunes to try to attain and maintain this idea of beauty that the world holds to and promotes. And yet what? It is all vain. Can I just speak to the heart of young ladies here? Young ladies, do not, do not, do not fall for the lie of Satan. This is not beauty. You cannot attain it, and you cannot maintain it. And it is a false definition of beauty. The standard is unreachable and unmaintainable. Number three, notice it too. It it is impossible to be consumed with anything else when the world's view of beauty is your focus when it's your world. And this is the point that Satan loves. This is why he does it. It's so pushed upon us. It, it, it's so much the accepted standard of beauty in our culture, and it's unattainable and unmaintainable that we are consumed with trying to live up to it. People's lives are dim, uh, dominated by the pursuit and, 
And before they realize it, their lives revolve around this pursuit of this definition of beauty and their personal promotion of it. It becomes their world. Look again, verse number three. First Peter chapter three, notice verse number three. I love this truth. It says this, whose adorning, let it not be the outward adorning of plating of the hair and wearing of the gold or of putting on of apparel. Now this is interesting. Don't miss this, okay? In this verse, you, you see before us, it's a very interesting fact. That word adorned in the original Greek is, is the word cosmos. Cosmos. Now, 183 times out of 185 times, this Greek word appears in the scriptures. Do you remember what it's translated as? Cosmos is world. And I think uh, certainly the Holy Spirit led and God led these King James translated. They did it right to translate it here as adorning and later the idea of ornament. But understand the underlying point here. Don't miss it. Don't let your world be all about meeting this. Whose adorning, whose world, whose focus, whose attention is all about this. The plating of gold and the outward apparel, putting on of these things. And don't let that be the world that you live in. In other words, to put it more succinctly, don't let the world's definition of beauty and its practices be your world. Now listen to me. Isn't this Isn't this what Satan wants? Ladies, for you to be so consumed about the outward look and that that that's the most important thing and you're consumed and you give all your attention and your time to the fashion, to the makeup, to everything else so that that then is where you spend most of your time during the day and you neglect the inward man. We're so consumed with that. And then, can I just tell you right now, Satan would love for you and I to lust after the bodies of women, would love for us to focus on the outside, the outward so-called beauty, and forget that true beauty is inside. This is what Satan wants. And he wants us to be consumed with it. A consumption that leads women to neglect the inward man and focus on the outward man and not care about spiritual things and only be worried about appearance and how they look. For men to be so consumed that it leads to pornography, it leads to lust, it leads to immorality and adultery because we have become so consumed with what the world defines as beauty. And it is not true beauty. And it certainly isn't biblical beauty. My friend, here's the warning to Christians of all ages and both genders. If we as Christians are motivated by and caught up in trying to meet the world's standard for anything, Satan knows that it will steal our attention and our energy and our investment in spiritual things. If it becomes our world, the world in which we revolve and live in, there's no room left for God being the center of our world. There's no room. You see, a person who's consumed with making perfect the outside will not be consumed with making perfect the inward man. You see it here, and the reference is verse 4. But let it be the hidden man of the heart. Turn with me. Hold your spot here. You can reference it back. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. 2 Corinthians, we'll go back to the left here. Let's read what Paul has to say about this same topic. 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. We'll pick up in verse number 16, if you will, with me. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse number 16. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I'll give you a moment to find that there. 
2 Corinthians chapter number 4, verses 16 and following. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not on the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Do you see what the Bible says of the realities of our body? And, and I like alliteration, so I just tweaked it a little bit. Here's what the Bible says to you and I. Our outward man rots away day by day, while the inward man is renewed day by day. Okay, he says perish, but I like the word rot. We're rotting away. We're just rotting away. That's what the outward man does. The inward man, though, can be renewed. It can be renovated. It can be built up. It can be strengthened day by day. Wait, 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 Pastor Henry, even as I get older, praise God, yes. The inward man can improve. While the out- outward man goes, Ugh. I don't look like I did when I was 20, amen? Neither do you. Don't look at me and laugh. If you're 20 now, you do. But you know what I'm talking about. Hey, why? The outward man rots. The outward man is corrupted. It falls. It's decaying. But boy, praise God, we have an inward man that can get better with every day. can be renewed. My friend, never forget the world's definition of beauty. It's an impossible standard no one can achieve. It, it is an impossible to maintain for any period of time. And it is impossible to be consumed with anything else when the world's view of beauty is our world, our focus. Okay, There's a big difference now between that and what is God's assessment of beauty. And his assessment is not to look at the impossible, but God says look within. You want to be beautiful? Okay, here's where you give your most attention. Here's where you look in, look at to to make that happen, okay? Number one, here's what we see. Number one, God's view of beauty is not skin deep. It is all about what lies under your skin. It's not skin deep. It's all about what you are beneath your skin. Here in verse number 18, this passage we just read, notice what it says. We are to look at, we are to give our utmost attention to the things that are not seen instead of the things that are seen. Back in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 4, what do we say? He said, the hidden, hidden man of the heart. That is an important difference between the world's definition of beauty and God's definition of beauty. Let me put it another way, a little more succinct in a sense. God's view of beauty values not the temporal, non-natural makeup of the outside, but rather the long-lasting Christ-like makeup on the inside. The substance inside. Who you are internally. Your character. uh, Who you are spiritually. The substance, the essence of who you are. That's God's beauty. It's an inward and hidden uh, to us as humans. You remember this? Uh, Samuel was called by God, and I love how, how he did in, in, in 1 Samuel chapter 16 there. He, he calls him to go anoint the next king of Israel. And he comes and goes, listen, how long are you going to mope around and cry about Saul? I've already got someone prepared. I'm going to send you to the house of Jesse. I want you to go there. And you're going to go there and, and, and anoint the next king of Israel. 
Well, he goes, and he obeys, and he goes. There's Jesse. In fact, he gathers, Jesse gathers, gathers his sons, at least the ones that are available. They go and, and offer an offering to God with Samuel, and Samuel <laughs> comes in into the presence of Eliab. And immediately, this is what's funny, uh, Samuel's there, Eliab walks up, he's like, whoa, surely this is God's anointed. He takes them in. In fact, the Bible tells us, and, and it makes it clear, he looks on his countenance. He looks on the outsides, and man, Eliab is the complete package. I mean, he is muscular. He's got it all together. We can just envision. This is probably what he looked like. He was probably the old, one of the older sons, and boy, he is, man, he is ripped. He is just handsome. He's got the perfect part of the hair. She probably didn't do that, but anyway, he's got it all. He looks wonderful, and, and man, Sam's like, oh yeah, this is him. Look at him. He just demands people's attention. Everybody wants to look at him. Surely, this is God's anointed, and God in heaven is like, no. But look at him. He's handsome. He's strong. He's the kind of king everybody wants to look at. Look at that. Look at it. No, no. No. No, Samuel. And that's where we get that, the, the verse, certainly, that gives us a great insight. Chapter 16, verse 7, that the Lord said unto Samuel, notice it, look not on his countenance or the height of his stature. Listen, this guy wasn't 5'3". No offense to those who are 5'3". This boy was 6'2", 6'3", man. He was tall, strapping young man. He is, woo. You know what God says? No, Samuel, no. You stop looking on the outside. That outward countenance, that outward man does not matter to me. It is about the inward man. And notice what he says. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. Now listen to me. Do not miss it. In this one verse, do you realize what God is telling Samuel? Samuel, here is how I evaluate, here I define beauty. I look within. I see the true beauty within a person. And my friend, how is David later described? He is a man what? After God's own heart. That was the definition. God looks at Eliab. Nah, he, his heart isn't mine. He, he, he doesn't, it, it, he didn't, God doesn't care about the outward appearance. He looked in the inward and the heart said, now, that young guy, that runt out in the shepherd's field, he's beautiful. David? David's beautiful? Yeah. David is beautiful in my sight. And here's what's neat. The same can be said about Abraham. The same can be said about Noah. The same can be said about Moses and Daniel and John the Baptist and Peter and Barnabas and Paul and Timothy and many others in Scripture. What made them beautiful? They trusted in God. Their submission was there to God and His will. They had a meek spirit. They followed after God. They trusted in God above everything else. They loved God. They yielded their heart and their lives to Him. They chose to follow Him. And in these qualities, God looks from heaven and says, Now that's beautiful. Not how the world looks. That outward appearance. God looks in here. And he says, now that, that is true beauty. It's not skin deep. Let's look beyond that skin and below the skin. Because what do we know about skin? Eventually it, it droops. It isn't as nice as it once was. I don't look there. I look inward. I get the heart. What's transpiring? And while all these people were beautiful to God, you know what? Virtually nothing is known about their outward appearance. 
Oh, we may get a glimpse here and there. We may know a little thing about their physical appearance, but reality is we don't really know much about how they look. It was not their physique, uh, their physique, their stateliness, but their faith and service that made them beautiful. And the same is true of the beautiful women of God. From Rahab to Hannah to Ruth to Deborah to Mary of Bethany. I love what Peter said. Peter makes this point for us in verse number five. You remember what he said? It's it's certainly back there in our passage. For after this manner in the old time, the holy women also who trusted in God adorned themselves being in subjection to their own husbands. What did they adorn themselves with? What did they worry about being an ornament in their life? Did they spend hours in front of a mirror? Did they use a computer to nip and tuck? No, no, no. What was their adornment, their ornaments? Well, they trusted in God. They were in subjection, and my lines are totally off. It must have changed my thing, because that was supposed to be being under subjection. So one thing I didn't check when I threw it on this computer. This is what you get when you use three different computers to prepare a PowerPoint. Anyway, okay, notice it. That was supposed to be trusted in God and in subjection to their husbands. And we could go and underline another one. You know what they adorned themselves with? Oh, was it earrings, or was it makeup, or was it dress? No, no, no. They adorned themselves with holiness. The holy women of old. They're holy. They trusted God. They lived in subjection. They, they embraced what God has established, and they embraced that. You know, if you really want to dig deep into Scriptures, there are some who are noted for their physical beauty, but they were often great spiritual disappointments. In Genesis chapter 26, you know what Rebecca, she is described as being very beautiful. You know what we find out about Rebecca? She is very deceitful, and she is a manipulator. Saul is described, he's got physical beauty for a guy. He's a handsome man. You know what happens to Saul, don't you? We all do. King Saul, he disobeys God. Kingdom is cut off from him. Israel suffers because of it. He himself is cut off from God. You want a further definition of what beauty looks like? You say, hey, if if the world defines it this way, God describes it looking on the inner man. This is a great truth. Jesus Christ taught himself. You know what? The Beatitudes will make you beautiful. The Beatitudes will make you beautiful. Matthew chapter 5, Jesus Christ's Sermon on the Mount. He just goes through. He goes, you want to be beautiful? Here are things that will make you beautiful. Uh, You are aware of your own spiritual poverty, poor in spirit. Sorrow for wickedness and uh, um, uh, over over your sin. Be, Be broken over your sin. Sorrow for the wickedness in the world. Hunger and thirst for righteousness. Pursue mercy. A purity of heart, a chaste lifestyle. Be a peacemaker. These are the things that say, Christian, you want to be beautiful, man, woman alike? You want to be beautiful? These are the things you say. This makes you beautiful. These are inside things. Not what you adorn on the outside and put it on the outside. It's obvious that the world's definition of beauty and God's definition are total opposition. But there is extremely good news about God's definition. Now, don't miss this. Okay? In comparison, we're comparing it to what the world's definition is and so forth. Okay? First of all, God's view of beauty is not skin, uh, only skin deep. It goes below the skin, beneath your skin. Number two, God's view of beauty is not impossible, but it's attainable for everyone. You know, I, I've been around young ladies a lot. I, I showed this video, man, goodness, 12, 13 years ago in our youth group. Not the, not the message. I didn't preach this message. But I showed the video just encouraging our young ladies in our youth group. And 
and I hear young ladies all the time, they'll look at a magazine and, and they'll look at a building and they'll say this, I-, I can never look like that. I can never look like that. I don't know with, with men and things like that, we'll see somebody who has muscles and like, yeah, I used to look like that. <sighs> we men, we think we can do it. But anyway, nonetheless, but I've heard many a lady look and say, hey, I can never look like that. And I'll tell you, my friend, the, the, what we just showed you before, you probably cannot look like that. Because it's impossible. You don't have the computer to go, whoop, whoop. Now listen to me. But true beauty, you can look like that. Hey, 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 Christian, let me repeat that because some of you obviously didn't get it because there shot, probably should have been 200 amens here. True beauty, you can look like that. Amen. I mean, you and I can do this. You and I can attain this. That is not attainable. True beauty is attainable. You and I can, can put on meekness. You and I can put on mercy. You and I can be a peacemaker. You and I can, we can trust God. And God in heaven says, now that's beauty. Put it simply this way, biblical beauty is both attainable and maintainable. Now my friend, that's encouraging today. That's encouraging. I'll tell you personally, man, I look in the mirror every day and I think to myself, no, no matter how hard I try, I'm losing the battle. I don't care how much I do, and the hair recedes, and, and uh, things. Man, I'm telling you, it is a losing battle. And no matter how hard we work, it doesn't last, does it? But as I look in the mirror of God's Word, my friend, you know that you and I can see the character traits of Jesus Christ, and they are both attainable and maintainable. I can look in the mirror of this, and I say, you know what? I don't, have, I, I, I don't have to lose the battle. I can win the battle. I, I, I can become more like Christ. I, I can look like this. It's, it's doable. It's possible with God's help. I can win. I can be beautiful in God's sight. And I can stay that way as I give attention to what? The inner man. The hidden man of the heart. That's our last point. And God's view of beauty here is Uh, at least under this point. God's view of beauty values not an external look, which is temporary and fleeting, but rather an internal character that can be both permanent and fixed. See, remember what 2 Corinthians chapter 4 says here? You can see it in verse number 18. Those things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are unseen, which we are to prioritize, they are eternal. It amazes me that as long as man has been on earth, they've always sought the fountain of youth. We've sought a source for not growing old, for, dying, for not dying. We pursue this. We don't want to succumb to the natural decay and rotting corruption of these physical bodies that we are destined to no matter what. It amazes me with all the advertisements we see for plastic surgery, for special pills, uh, and medicine that will help us, the special chambers that you sit in and rejuvenate your body. And I tell you, man has spent much energy in the pursuit of the external look, and that is fleeting and temporary. But here's some more encouraging news. The reality is this, biblical beauty can be maintained forever. You don't have to lose it. You know, sometimes kids can be cruel. We were looking at some of our pictures from our wedding and before, and my kid's like, that's you? God bless you, son. Go to your room. I still love you. My love for you, unlike yours, is unconditional. Uh, you know, they, you know, they say, wow. 
boy, you've changed. <laughs> what do you mean by that? <laughs> that we change, right? It's, you can't maintain it. You can't. I, I'd love to look like I did when I was in my 20s. That'd be wonderful, but you can't do that. But here's reality. Do you realize that if you were at age 20, if you were beautiful on the inside, you can still be that exact beautifulness today? That have changed. In fact, I, I think even better than that is the fact you can grow in beauty. You ought to be more beautiful today than you were when you were 20. Like, Pastor Henry, what are you talking about? I'm not talking about no world's definition of beauty. I'm talking about God's definition of beauty. You and I can be more beautiful today than we've ever been. Man, how great is God's definition compared to the world's definition of beauty? That's impossible. That's unattainable. That's unmaintainable. I could be consumed with that and miss out on everything else. But boy, you know what happens? If you're consumed, I love this truth, okay? If you're consumed with pursuing God's definition of biblical beauty, it will make everything else in your life better. You're consumed with following world's definition, it will make everything else worse in your life. It'll be neglected. What a great contrast. So here it comes down. Here's application. We're done. Okay? Number three point, as far as the main points, is this. Our personal assessment of beauty must be derived from God's word. Listen to me. Young person, a, a, a man who's gotten off and followed the world's definition, a lady who's you've tried to pursue the world's definition, let's get back. Let's adopt, embrace God's definition and assessment of beauty. Get it from his word. It's a personal decision, a choice that must be, could become a conviction in the heart and life of every person. Every young man here today, you ought to say this. You know what? When God leads me into the, I reach the age of marrying, and my parents say, yep, go for it. The reality is, as I look for a young lady, I'm going to look for the beauty that God defines, not the beauty the world defines. Uh, that's my conviction. That's my decision. Young man, today, in this service, in this invitation, you ought to say, hey, God, I, I, I'm giving my future to you. I'm trusting you. You know what beauty is. You're the creator. And so when it comes, if you lead me to marry a young lady, help me to assess beauty as it's derived from you and your word. It's a personal decision. And in fact, the reality is that you and I must choose it, how we will assess and evaluate true beauty. And it really is a spiritual decision. It's following God. It's saying, okay, God, you are my God. I want to define it in your way. It's one that each of us must both make and reaffirm constantly. We allow the Holy Spirit to constantly remind us of what true beauty is as described by God and his word. And that then in turn must become my definition of beauty through a personal decision and conviction. Then, now here's, here's huge. Here's a huge part of it. We must live it out. How do we live it out? Well, that assessment must guide our interactions within our home and our families and our churches. How do we do that? Well, first, we, give, we need to give priority and attention to beautifying the inward man, right? That hidden inner man of the heart. We adorn ourselves with the things that God values, like the Beatitudes and trusting him and, and a holy living and all these things, uh, making that our world. But I want to make a specific a specific answer to how we live this out for each individual group, okay? So I'm going to do something I don't normally do. I'm going to talk to every individual group, okay? First of all, I, I want to talk to the young women here. Teenage, college age, even older ladies, if you consider yourself a young woman, listen up. Hey, listen to me. Forsake the world's assessment of beauty and embrace what your God says beauty is. What your creator says it is. Forsake, if necessary. Now, this is hard. 
For sake, if necessary, the opinions of peers and friends if they do not match up with God's view of beauty. Their Facebook picture or their Facebook page or their Twitter account doesn't match what God says. Hey, be done with that. Forsake it. Leave that. I, I, I can't have that influence in my life because I want to maintain a proper definition of beauty, what God says. Here may be hard for some. Shun the magazines. The advertisements all around, the false cultural concept of beauty. Reject it in your thinking, but rather think upon and meditate upon the scriptural passages that speak to God's definition of beauty. And to summarize it, I just say this. Would you please, please, please give more time to the development and beautification of your inward person than your outward person? How much time today do I spend in front of the mirror, physical mirror, getting ready for the day and in front of the mirror of God's word. Do I give more time to this, overwhelmingly so, than than this? And then secondly, would you please, please, please let God define your view of your own beauty. Let, Let God tell you if you're beautiful by his word. Don't listen to Hollywood. Don't listen to magazines. Don't listen to the, that, that video. You know what I find so ironic and hypocritical? You know who made the video? Dove Beauty Products. They made the video. And I appreciate it. Don't get me wrong because they're saying, hey, here, here's reality. In fact, at the end of it, I think I skipped ahead before it. It said, no, no wonder our view of beauty is distorted. Yeah. Yeah. Even they say it. They produce beauty products. They see it. So would you please, please, please let God define your view of your own beauty, not a godless culture that denies a God creator. Hey, young men, I want to talk to you. Teenage boy, listen to me. Do not allow the world to skew your view of what makes a woman beautiful. Forsake this, this world's definition of beauty. And my friend, can I tell you right now, some of you have already, already been programmed. Some of you have watched Hollywood and you watch magazines. You've seen billboards and you can't hardly go anywhere. You don't see these pictures. Listen to me. The reality is this. Some of us need to reprogram our thinking about what beauty is. And some of you young men need to do it before it's too late. I'm just speaking as a pastor who cares about you and loves you. Because, my friend, if you base everything that you choose in a wife about outward beauty, it will flee, and what you will be left with is heartache and sorrow. Because you did not look inside. Some of us need to reprogram our thinking with the Word of God. You need to pray for divine insight and wisdom to see the inward beauty of a young lady. As God can only himself, he can only see perfectly the heart. Lean on him heavily when you come to the moment of assessing the beauty of a young woman. But you start with what you see. Not the outward physical beauty, but the Christ-like characteristics that flow outward from a beautiful inward heart. Let God define in your mind and thinking also. Now, young man, don't miss this. What a handsome young man looks like. Listen, it's not being ripped with muscles, the perfect hair, the stunning facial features, and athleticism. The same definition of beauty for women is the same for men, that inward man. So would you please, would you please give more time to being a handsome man on the inside than you do to being a handsome man on the outside? Same truth. How much time do you spend on your hair? <laughs> and then how, how much time do you spend on your clothing? How much time do you, do, you, do you give attention to it? Some of you probably need to spend a little bit more, but I'm not going to go there today. That's not this morning's message. But anyway, how, how, comparison, what do you do? 
Do you get in God front of the mirror of God's word? Secondly, would you please embrace God's view of beauty? Would you let God define beauty for you? Not Hollywood, not this world, not this culture. I'll tell you, young man, we have some beautiful, beautiful ladies in our midst. Sisters, mothers, your sisters, your mothers. You need to appreciate it. You need to be thankful for it. Would you allow God to define what beauty is? All right, moms and dads, you're not off the hook. Okay, number one, would you do this? Reaffirm your belief in God's assessment of beauty and speak of it to your children often. Would you do that? Your conviction. Hey, I just want to remind you, you're not beautiful because of your outward. You're beautiful because of what's inside. Would you reaffirm it? Reaffirm, would, would you reaffirm it in your family? This is what we value because God values this. All right, dads, husbands, will you tell your wives and your daughters often that they are beautiful? That th- this is real. Hollywood is telling them, the culture is telling them, you're not beautiful. You don't attain it. You don't match it. We need godly men, godly husbands, godly fathers, godly brothers who come along and say, no, no, no. You are beautiful. And here's why. You have a meek spirit. You love God. I see you trusting in him. I see you praying. And I see you have these godly character traits, these virtue, this virtue like the Proverbs 31 lady. You have a Christ-likeness in the inner man. Commend them. Speak of it often. Tell them they are beautiful. Number three, be careful what influences from the world you allow your own young ladies and young men to be exposed to. Guard their hearts. Guard the definition of beauty. Be careful what those influences in their life are saying about beauty. Be careful of TV depictions of beauty, magazine depictions of beauty, online depictions of beauty. Would you be careful? As we go in this invitation, ladies, can I just encourage you, even in this invitation, would you commit here in prayer to strive to embrace the biblical view of beauty as God gives it? I know you're bombarded with great pressure. I know there's much counterfeits out there. But instead of embracing a fallen world's definition, would you embrace God's? And here's the good news. Don't miss it. There's a reason young ladies in our society are suffering from depression, suffering from suicide, because they don't lead up. They They have insecurities. There's bulimia. There's anorexia. It's all over the place. Because we have set the standard impossible. But here's good news. When you embrace God's view of beauty, it brings security and peace. It does. And all the ills of the world that they have caused with their bad standard, their wrong definition of beauty, that can be cured and remedied because, my friend, God's word sets you free. You can be secure, have peace. So would you do that today? And boy, I'm going to make some fathers and, and brothers upset right now. You have an assignment. From this message, you have an assignment. You go home today, on your way home, sometime this afternoon, you tell your wife, you tell your mother, you tell your sisters, those who live with you, you tell them, you are beautiful. All right, ladies, you should be smiling right now. This is going to be good. You need to tell your wife, you need to tell your daughter, you need to tell your sister, you need to tell them, you're beautiful. And here's why. I appreciate your spirit in this way. I appreciate how you handle this. I I appreciate that you love God. I appreciate that you encourage us to go to church. You you fill in the blank. You can find a characteristic in them that is worthy of you praising them and telling them that they are beautiful. And here's the good news. You know what you can say to them? 
you will always be beautiful in my eyes. You'll always be it. Because you love the Lord. You trust God. Aren't our wives and our daughters worth that? Should we encourage them about biblical beauty? Father, I thank you for your word this morning. And Father, you know my heart. This is something that you have worked on my heart about, Lord. (laughs) For my wife, for my daughter. Lord, for the young ladies of our church, our teenage girls, and all of our ladies, Lord, it, it, it seems an impossible situation with all the pressures, all that this world throws at them. Father, I pray that we as a church, as Christians, would come back to embracing your definition of biblical beauty. May we encourage that. May we support it. And Father, may the, the ladies here who love you and trust in you, may they understand that we see them as beautiful. And Father, I pray that our young ladies would grasp early what true beauty is. May our young men shun the world's definition. And Father, may they themselves and then also and they look for a, a spouse, may, may they pursue true beauty. Father, may each one of us look to the inward man now in this invitation. May we see the ugliness of when we're carnal. The ugliness of sin in our life and the, the ugliness of disobedience. And Father, may we confess that and forsake that. And may you guide us and direct us in pursuing biblical beauty. Taking on that ornament and that adornment of being Christ-like. Father, I trust this morning there was a young lady. There was a lady here who needed to hear this message. And be encouraged in what you see as true beauty. Father, I trust that there was a young man or an older man here that needed to be confronted with what true beauty really is. They've been duped. They've been deceived by the counterfeit that Satan has offered. May they confess it this morning. May we get it right. And then, Father, going forward, may, may our view of beauty be determined by your definition of beauty. And, Father, I pray that we would grow and may you continue to beautify us to the day we see you face to face. Would you help us grow in this way this morning? Heads bowed and eyes closed.